Would you turn to Mark, please, the 16th chapter this evening? Mark chapter 16. Mark 16 and 15. Jesus said to them, Go, go. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel of every creature. That's our job. That's the church's job. People try to make it other things. It doesn't mean you can't do some other things. But this is our main job. Isn't it? What's our main job? Go and what? Preach means to proclaim. The gospel. Gospel is good news. What good news? Oh, about how Jesus came and paid the price and has redeemed us. Glory to God. And made it possible for us to be born again and be his very own brethren and be children of God. Oh, it's good news. How many know it's good news? It's not bad news. It's good news. He said, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everybody. Keep reading. Next verse. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not will be damned. Does it make any difference if you receive the message or not? Total difference. 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. Verse 18. They take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. These signs. Somebody say signs. Signs. Can you see that every one of those has to do with a spiritual manifestation? This is not just natural, physical, mental things. People being delivered from demonic influence. People being healed. Not from natural means, but supernatural means. Right? People being protected, even from being bitten by a snake or drinking something that was poison, eating something that was poisonous. You know, if you ever uh, eat something and you can tell it's really making you sick, that'd be something to stand on right there. Hmm? And of course, if we'll pay attention, he'll check us before we eat it. <laughs> But you may be like me and have missed it before in that area. But, uh, you know, uh, some years ago, I was, uh, we were at a, a minister's well, a con- convention, I guess you might call it. And after the service, uh, Phyllis, myself, and some ministers went out to eat. And, and we, uh, waitress came and took our order and, and uh, walked away. And, and we went back to talking and, and normally what we had done is uh, when the food came out, then we'd pray over our food and give thanks and, and eat. And as the waitress was walking away, the Lord prompted me. I don't mean I heard a voice, but he, he spoke to my heart. He said, right now is the time to pray over your food. Right now. And I hadn't thought about that before, but, but as I pondered it, they were talking and I'm smiling, but the Lord was talking to me. And uh, he said to my heart, he said, the difference between you getting a, a good cut of meat or a spoiled piece of meat is them reaching here or here. <laughs> and if you'll just ask me to be involved, 
It gives me a right to be involved. And this is a way of doing the scripture that said pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean you pray every breath that you breathe or every second or moment of the day. But it is a lifestyle. And the Lord dealt with me that if you went to uh, buy something, you're buying an electronic thing or or whatever it might be. In a lot of places, you know, they have to go back to the back then and get one. He said the difference between getting one that'll last 20 years and work perfect or getting one that'll blow up the third time you turn it on and have to take it back and deal with all that is them getting this box or this box. So he said, while they're walking back, ask me to direct them in the selection of it. And concerning the food, this is the way he directed me. He said, right now is the best time to pray while she's walking away. They hadn't done anything with the food yet. Ask me uh, to direct them in the selection and preparation of it and then thank me for it and call it blessed and sanctified. And of course, then when it comes out, you're ready to eat too. Just dive right in. (laughs) Works real good. (laughs) and this is not just some wild idea Timothy talks about says uh, that what we eat is sanctified by what by two things by the word of God and prayer and so we don't people talk about saying grace and a lot of times don't even know what they're doing or what that means but we're supposed to release faith when we pray over our food And that's what the Lord uh, ministered to me about that. We've been doing it that way ever since. But these are supernatural things that he's talking about. Miraculous things. Deliverances. Healings. Speaking in tongues. Supernatural protection and deliverance. Do you believe in miracles? Let's read the rest of the passage. What was that? Verse uh, 19 was next. Is that right? Can you put it up? Mark 16, 19. So after the Lord had spoken to him, he was received up into heaven. He sat on the right hand of God. And verse 20, they did what he told them to do. They went out. They went forth and they preached everywhere. And the Lord was working with and confirming the word. With signs. Somebody say signs. What's What's a sign? Well, a sign is something that's awesome, something that's wonderful. The three words, signs, wonders, miracles, they go together. And a sign is something that causes you to take notice, gets your attention. A wonder is something that you marvel at and wonder at. You're in awe of. A miracle, if you look up the word for it, it simply means power. Or force. It's, uh, it comes from the Greek word. We get our word dynamite from. It's, it's power. What is a miracle? A miracle is a manifestation of God's power. And if you look up other words that go along with it in definitions. Uh, it has to do with power that makes possible. So even though it looks like it couldn't happen. A miracle can make it happen. Power that makes possible. Do you believe in miracles? So we've been on this for some weeks now, talking about miracles now. 
And we've gone through the book of Acts and looked at several of the instances. Have you read the book of Acts? Are there miracles in the book of Acts? Oh, wow. Manifestations of power. Power that made things possible that men could not do, that natural things could not affect. Let me remind you of some of them that we've already gone over, some that we've already seen. Uh, The book of Acts begins with uh, the resurrection of Jesus and how he's been raised from the dead. Do you believe he really was dead? Then how how did he come back to life? Has he been raised from the dead? It is a manifestation of the awesome, amazing power of God, isn't it? Romans says he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, by the glory of God. Well, his power is glorious. And uh, we say that he gave them instructions and ascended, just left the ground and went up out of their sight until into the clouds and, and they couldn't see him anymore. Do you believe that really happened? Is that miraculous? Is that amazing? Then we see that they did what he told them and they tarried in the city of Jerusalem and they were in the upper room and 120 of them praying and and believing God. And and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there came a sound like a rushing mighty wind, but it wasn't a natural wind. It wasn't something blowing through the doors or the windows. It was inside, but it was blowing like a hurricane. And there appeared to them cloven tongues, tongues of flickering fire. But it wasn't fire. The house wasn't on fire. Nothing was on fire naturally. But they saw fire. And this fire came and got on them. And it didn't burn them. It didn't hurt them. But it filled them. Hallelujah. They, They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. That's supernatural. That's miraculous. And they all come out of the upper room and into the streets. And there was, uh, because of the uh, day of Pentecost, there were people there from nations all over. And I guess, what was it? Uh, Over something like a couple of dozen different languages that he mentions right there. That all these people heard them speaking in their tongue and dialect. And they knew they didn't know these languages. How can that be? It's miraculous. Then in Acts 3, we see Peter and John come up uh, to the temple at the hour of prayer. There's a man laid there who's crippled, who's been that way from his mother's womb. And everybody knew him. He's laid there every day. And and, and they said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he did. Do you believe this really happened or not? He leaped and walked. This is not a fairy tale. This happened. Do you believe it happened? How did it happen? It's a miracle. It's the power of God. Is God real? Does he move in the affairs of men when people believe him and trust him? Yes. Does he do things that uh, are beyond natural law and beyond what men can do or conceive or understand how it happened? You know, Brother Hagen, my father in the faith, said when he was a little boy, he, he never could figure out how a brown cow could eat green grass and give white milk. And you churn it, make yellow butter. He could not figure that out. But all the while he's trying to figure it out, he's a drinking the milk. 
and eating the butter. Can you enjoy something that you can't figure out? Yes, you can. And that's a big part of the Christian's life. You can enjoy. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. We see that uh, after that, that uh, they gathered again. And, and they were in one place in the building, you know, after they had threatened them and beaten them. And they're praying that God would do more of the same. And the Holy Ghost shook that building. The Bible said that it wasn't a natural thing. The whole building where they were. God didn't just shake some people. He shook the building. And we see that there were signs of judgment. And there were spectacular healings where Peter would walk by people and his shadow would just fall on them. And they'd jump up healed. Run off. Do you believe these things really happen? And that cloths were taken from that he had touched and and had around his body or on him. And and they would take take these cloths and lay them on people. And if they they were crazy or out of their mind, they'd just become sane. Or if they were deathly ill, they'd just be healed. You believe this? Bible says it. Numerous things, I won't go through every one of them, but thing after thing after thing, and we're reminding ourselves of this, that in the beginning days of the church, the the same church we're a part of, preach the same gospel we're supposed to be preaching now, same Holy Spirit, same name of Jesus, right? The supernatural was a regular part of their life, wasn't it? They were keenly aware of the movings, the speaking the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in their services, in their streets, in their homes, and they saw things and heard things that were absolutely miraculous. Didn't they? Why should we not have that today? What reason would there be? Do we not need to see the word confirmed today just like them? Doesn't our generation need to see the manifestation of the goodness of God and the power of God as much as them? Don't we need that to draw in people that might otherwise be skeptics and not even bother to take time if they think it's just intellectual or religious? But if they see people are hungry, even people that say they don't care anything about God or church, they are hungry for the reality of God. And if they can see and experience something that God is doing, it touches their spirit and they realize this is not just some dead something out of a seminary. This, this is real. Yeah. This, is, this is not just some group of people and the rules they've made up. Something's real here. Yeah. How could that happen? How do you explain that? And when that kind of thing happens, that's what these signs are for. Signs are to get your attention. Aren't they? Turn here. We got signs in Branson. Don't we? What are signs for? Signs are to get your attention and get you come in that direction. Well, God has signs. God is in the sign business. Always has been. He's never changed. Many have gotten intellectual and unbelieving. and I mean, you've even got uh, supposedly theological seminaries. Where it is taught that, uh, you know, the virgin birth didn't necessarily happen. That it's more figurative or symbolic. And that the miracles are not, that they're really more parables and and illustrations. And the main thing is the the idea and the teachings of Jesus. No, no, it's either true or it's a lie. No, no, you can't be a Christian. And not believe in miracles. That's right. 
How many understand this book? From the front to the back. Have you read it at all? From the front to the back is absolutely miraculous. Isn't it? Jesus was born of a virgin. He walked in power. Amazing things were happened. I mean the dead were raised. The sick were healed. He walked on the water. And he was raised from the dead. If you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. Well, I believe in the teachings of Jesus. If you don't believe that he was raised from the dead, you're not a Christian. Can't be. Jesus said, you must be born again. And that's how you are born again, that you believe on him that the Father sent, and you believe that he's been raised from the dead, and confess him as Lord with your own mouth. And when you do, something miraculous happens in you. How many can testify when you do, something miraculous happens in you? I remember as a boy walking down the aisle behind my daddy after a message as he was going to the altar in a little Baptist church and giving my heart to the Lord, something happened to me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Something happened to me. I was different the next day. I was right then, but I was different the next day as I went to school and there's other things. I was a different person. I didn't understand it, but I just looked around and just loved folks. I didn't understand, didn't know even what was going on. But the Bible said, we know we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. The love of God's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. It's a love that's beyond the natural. It's the love of God. Shed abroad in your and my heart. Can you say amen? Can you say you believe it? Turn with me to Galatians please. Mm, Let's see. How about John 14 and then Galatians? John 14. I want to talk about this evening. How to have miracles. I'm talking about how you can have miracles. In your life. Are you interested? Yes. How to. How, not, not just be with somebody else who's having them. How you, you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You. Every person in this room. How you. Everybody watching by internet. How you. Can have miracles. In your life. Well here's something that should be obvious to us. But it's very. Uh, very significant. In John 14. And 10. John 14 and 10, Jesus said, Believest thou not that I'm in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Now what I'm getting into right now is how to have miracles. You could say it like this, how to do the works. You know how we'll do the works that he did? The same way he did them. The same way he did them. How did he do them? He said, the Father in me, he does the works. Say that out loud. The Father Father in me, me. he does the works. works. Verse 11, he went on to say, Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verse 12. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me. Do you believe on him? Yes. He that believes on me, the works that I do. Did that involve many miraculous things? Yes. The works that I do, shall he do also? And greater than these shall he do? Because I go unto the Father. If he had stayed and continued, they'd have just kept getting greater and greater. But his only purpose was not to come and do the greater works. He did that and demonstrated and showed us how it's done, but he was also coming to be our sacrifice, wasn't he? To go to the cross for us, pay the price for our sins. But he said, if you believe on me, you'll do what I've done. Now this is so wonderful that many in the church have not dared believe it. And many uh, in positions of leadership and teaching behind the pulpit, they have either inferred or implied or outright said, uh, put, or I should say it like this, they've put G, everything that Jesus did in his life and ministry in a category that was absolutely unattainable to anybody else. That Yeah, he did that because he's the son of God. But why would you imagine you could do it because you're not the Son of God, you're not God, implying that he did what he did as God. But the truth is, Philippians says he laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory and became like other men. And in fact, he had to be anointed, didn't he? When he came into uh, the time for him to minister and to do the things... uh, You know, uh, some apocryphal writings will have Jesus as a child performing miracles, uh, healing his play friends, raising little birds from the dead and stuff. Don't you believe any of that? That's junk. Because the Bible said the first miracle was when the water was turned to wine. And that's after he was age 30, after the Spirit of God had come on him when he was baptized in the River Jordan. So no, he performed no miracles, no healings while he was 10, 11, 12, 15, 18, 20, 25, 28, 29, none. Why? Because he has become a man. Are you with me, friends? See, if you're operating as God, you're the anointer. You don't need to be anointed. But because he's operating as a man, he must be anointed and operate by that anointing. And so when he's baptized in the River Jordan, you remember when he's coming up out of the water? What did the Bible say? Here comes the Holy Spirit in a bodily shape and form as a dove and comes down and comes upon him. Hallelujah. And right after that was the temptation. But when he came out of the wilderness, the Bible said he came out in the power of the Spirit. And he went into the synagogue and the demons cried out. And people started getting delivered. And healing started happening. And miracles, why? It's by that anointing. Now if he did what he did as God, then I'm not God. You're not God. We can't imagine doing the same kind of thing. But if he did it as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit, and He would anoint us with that same great Spirit, then we can see the glorious potential of what He just said, having and doing the same works that He did. Come on, read it again, verse 12. 
Verse 12, what did he say? Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, do you believe on him? The works that I do, shall he do also? Don't let anybody's multiple degree and hardcover book and seminary education talk you out of that. Do you believe what Jesus said? Then is it possible for you to see some of the same things in your life that he had in his life? Miraculous happenings. He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Glory to God. It's not for the faint of heart. It's only for those that will dare believe it. Well now, how did he do it? Remember we said if, if we're going to do the works he did, we'll be doing them the same way he did them. How did he do it? How did he do it? Go to Galatians, the third chapter, if you're holding your place there. Galatians 3. Some very enlightening words about miracles right here. Galatians 3, 5. Galatians 3, 5. He says, He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, Or by the hearing of faith. How does it happen? Do you know? Hmm? If you had to pick one. Multiple choice. A or B. Which one? First one or last one? Which one you pick? Huh? Last one? You'd be right. One translation. The God's word translation says it like this. Does God supply you with the spirit? And work miracles among you through your own efforts or through believing what you heard? Is it through, can we produce miracles through our own efforts and through our own works? We cannot. But can miracles be produced by the hearing of faith? Obviously. That's how they, they were happening then and that's how they happen now. Every miracle begins by hearing from Him. Can you say glory to God? Every miracle. Some people get get all worked up and go, I I want miracles. I I want to be a part of miracles. I want to see miracles. What you want to do is hear from Him. No, I've heard till I'm sick of hearing. I want to see something. According to this verse, how do miracles come? By hearing. Every miracle begins by hearing from Him. You won't won't have any miracles in your life that didn't begin by you hearing from Him. They come, miracles are worked by the hearing of faith. You can't Believe him to do something you didn't hear from him that he would do. You can't just work yourself up and I'm going to go do a miracle. I'm going to do this and that. You can't. I'm going to believe I can. Well, you won't. (laughs) 
Go to John 5 and let me make more plain why. John 5. Are y'all okay in here this evening? You believe the Bible is true? Me too. John chapter 5 verse 19. John 5 19. Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you. Now, now if the Lord said it is true, if he said verily, it'd be true. He says, verily, verily. Why would he say that? Because he's wanting to get you to give him your full attention about how important and how true this is. Verily, verily, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees, the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Verse 20. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Now this phrase, greater works, that's the same as miracles. These are works of power. Manifestations, demonstrations of the power of God. Did Jesus have them? Did he walk in them? Did he see them? Manifestations of amazing things. Awesome things. Lepers healed. Blind eyes opened. Come on, do y'all believe this? Deaf ears opened. The dumb able to speak. The Bible talks about in his ministry, the maimed being made whole. What does that mean? That means limbs twisted off missing parts. Restored. People born without something and it's put there. Do you believe you serve a God? That can easily do these kind of things. Did Jesus really do these works? Could anybody else ever have them? And see them and do them? Who? 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 Those that believe on him. Has the church preached this and believed this by and large? No. 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 But can we believe it? I've heard folks say, uh, uh, I had people even challenge me in times past and say, well, prove to me that anybody got healed. You want to say, well, prove to me that nobody got healed. <laughs> and of course, when you're young, uh, you know, you tend to be more fleshy and combative and you want to. And, and I thought, well, you know, man, we got all kind of testimonies. And we got doctor's reports. We got x-rays, and test results. And, yeah, I'll just cover them up and stuff. The Lord will help me to see, no, 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 no. It is not your job to prove anything to anybody. He, he didn't tell us go into all the world and prove it to people. Mm-mm. Go into all the world and do what? Proclaim it. And he that believes it will have it. And these signs will follow who? Them that say prove it to me? No. 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 They won't have it. They won't be bothered with it. They'll think it doesn't exist. But they don't realize it just doesn't exist for them. Other people are experiencing it. Other people are enjoying it. No, it doesn't work when you say, well, show me and I'll believe. Prove it to me. No, no. Believe. And then you'll see. Seeing is not believing. 
It's an absolutely untrue statement. It's got nothing to do with belief. You believe, then you see. But Jesus said, I only do. He, he said, I can of my own self do nothing. Didn't say I choose not to. What did he say? I can't. So how many miracles could Jesus do? Now, you've you got to believe the scripture to answer this correctly. How many miracles did Jesus do because he just decided to do something? None. What did he say himself? He said, I can't. Now, a lot of people don't, they don't want to believe that. They don't think that's right because they'd rather believe what they have heard than believe the scripture. I believe it's true. And yet we see mighty things happen through his life and ministry. How did they happen? He said, he said, the father in me, he does the works. And I can't do anything of myself. Why? Because he's operating like us. He's operating like a man. I can't do anything of myself, but what I see the Father do. That's what I do. Oh, come on now. How can you have miracles? How can you have the kind of amazing things in your life that Jesus had in his life? How? It's going to be the same way that he did them. How did he do them? We, we read there in that, what was it, that John uh, 14, the 10th verse. Uh, put that back up again, John 14, 10. He said, do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. What's he saying? I only say what I hear him say. I only do what I see him do. That is how you have miracles. It's no more complicated than that. Let's go to that that passage in John 2 where the first miracle occurred in his life and ministry. Remember, I know it sounds repetitive, but I'm not just saying it to log it in your mind. Sometimes you need need to have it hit you again and again and it gets in your spirit. How would you know that got in your spirit and you're believing it? How would you know? Well, what about the excitement level right now? (laughs) That's a revelation of our faith level right now. Which ain't so hot. (laughs) But it can change. It can change. And how do you get faith? It comes by hearing. That's why I'm still a talking. <laughs> and if we haven't seen some things that we'd like to see, how many know we can have faith that we're going to stay with it? We're going to stay after it. We're going to believe the word no matter what we see or don't see. We're going to stay after it. We're going to believe it. And we know we don't know everything, but we believe he does, and he knows how to get it across to us, and he'll get it to us. He'll teach us. He'll show us. He'll, if we need correcting, we want to be corrected, instructing, whatever it needs to be, he can get us there. Do you have faith? He can get you there to where you, you are seeing the same kind of things in your life, in our church, in our lifetime and generation that they were seeing in the book of Acts. That Jesus was seeing in his life. Is it possible? Is it the will of God? 
Can he get us there? Will we stay with it long enough for him to? Well, yes. I just say yes. (laughs) Where are you in John 2? Verse 1. Third day there was a marriage in Cain of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Verse 2. Both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Verse 3. And so they, they went. They were not too spiritual to go. To a party. <laughs> and when they wanted wine, they ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, They run out of wine. They don't have any. They're out. Verse 4. Jesus said. What's that to do with us? I mean. You know we're not in the wine business. Uh, And he knows why she's asking him. Because she. You know the Bible said she was a woman. That pondered things in her heart. And from the beginning. And his miraculous conception and birth. They know. Uh, prophecy is being fulfilled and, and they know and, and, and here he is a grown man now and, and she just knows something's about to break out. <laughs> and she's prompted I believe to say hey they need provision they need help and he said well so uh, what's that to us and he said my hour's not yet come. And uh, it wasn't, but it was 11.59. (laughs) (laughs) And verse 5, his mother just turns to the servants and gives the complete summary of how to have miracles. Come on, are y'all with me tonight or not? How, everything we've been talking about for weeks now, it's right here in this verse. How to get a miracle. Have you read the rest of this chapter here? Have you read this? Did they have a miracle? An amazing thing happened? Okay, this is before it's manifest right here. It, it, It hasn't happened yet. So how is it going to happen? The Spirit of God says through her, whatever He says to you, do it. Whatever He says to you, do it. So at that point, they're not bugging Him anymore, but they're all on ready. (laughs) Because He just said, my hour's not come, what's that to us? But she just turned and said, okay, but if he says anything to you, be ready. Do it. Whatever he says, just do it. So they're all sitting there watching him. Can you say anything? No, I didn't hear anything. (laughs) But, But if he says anything, you ready? I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay. I don't know how long it was, but the Spirit of God spoke to him. Now let's just stop right here. Did Jesus just change his mind and decide, ah, uh, you know, whatever. 
Let's, let's make them some wine. Now see, they hear some people preach. You'd think that he thought, yeah, I'm, I'm Jesus. I'm the Son of God. I'm God incarnate. Let me just show off a little bit. Let me just prove and, and show who I am. And what a, mm-mm. What did Jesus himself say he could do? So could he, if he had just decided, I want to do this, could he have done it? According to him, he could not. What did he do? What did he say how the amazing things happened? He said, the Father in me, he does them. And I only do what I see him do. I only say what I hear him say. So obviously, as he's sitting there, the Father showed him something. Or the Father said something to him. Or he saw them going and getting those water pots and filling them up. And the words that the Lord says to you, uh, speaks to you, they they do show you something. His words produce vision. When he says something to you, you see it. Have you ever heard somebody when revelation went off in them and they said what? I see that. I see why. Because the word that you hear enables you to see. He heard it. He saw it. I don't know exactly how. The word doesn't tell us. But I know that's what changed everything. Is the father. He saw it. He heard it. Or a combination of both. And so he turns around and tells them. Go take the water pots. And fill them with water. Well, what were their last instructions? Whatever he says to you, do it. It doesn't make sense to their natural mind. It's not water that they're short of. Hmm? If they got a party going on, they got duties to attend to. They're not supposed to be hauling these big pots around, filling these big pots up and doing. You, know, you don't just drop a hose in it. <laughs> they gotta make a trip down to the well and draw it up and haul it back and pour a bucket in and go back. I mean, this is work. Makes you sweat. You got your party clothes on. You're supposed to be waiting on the people and this is just not what you would think you should do. But this is how you have miracles. You trust in the Lord with all of your heart And you don't lean to your own little noggin. And it won't always make sense to you. And it won't always seem reasonable. And you won't know why. And you won't be able to figure it many times. Because if you couldn't figure out how to produce a, a miracle, why would you think you would understand it before it starts? But the Lord. Just told them, go do it. They did it. It's work. The field, all these big, these things are big. They hold, what, 20, 30 gallons a piece? I mean, big old uh, pots and vases, and they fill them all up. And they're swapping the sweat, going, okay, okay, got them full. Whew. Now what? He said, dip you some out of there and go take it to the governor of the feast. Oh boy. 
Yeah, but he didn't call for any water. He don't want water. He wants wine. Did it take faith for them to obey? Everybody awake in here this evening. How do you get miracles? Jesus said the works I did, you can do also. How? If you believe on me, how did he do them? If we're going to do the works that he did, we got to do them the same way he did them. How did he do them? He just said what he heard, and he just did what he saw. Can you say glory to God? And when he did, amazing things happened. Miraculous things occurred. They had enough faith to do what he said. I don't know who the governor of the feast was, if he was a nice guy, if he was a rough guy. I don't know if he was hard on the help. or he, I don't know. Some guys would have spit it out and slapped somebody or fired them. But they take his big wine glass, they dip her out in the wall, they put her in there and hand it to him just like it's vintage. He takes, he takes a big sip and he goes, now, now, what do you think they're doing? <laughs> what, what are they doing? Still sweaty from hauling all that water. They probably tried to get out of the way somewhere. And he says, wow, wow. Now this is some good wine, boys. This is what I'm talking about. Where you had this stuff? I mean, most people, they save the bad stuff to last. Everybody's drunk and don't care. But this stuff, this is excellent wine. And they probably looked at each other and went, wine? Wine? Because they know they put H2O in that cup. They know they did. They know where it came from. came out of the well. They hauled it and put it in the jug. And the Bible said this beginning of miracles, this is, this is where it started, right here, happened. And the glory of the Lord began to be shown, manifested. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. How did it happen? Or are you any stronger on how it happened? How did it happen? Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. The Father in me, he does the works. I just say what I hear him say, I just do what I, I see him do. Go to the book of Acts, please. Go to the book of Acts. Can you take a little more? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite done. Can you take some more? Hope you can, because you're going to get it. <laughs> it's coming your way. <laughs> is this exciting or not? Do, this is wonderful. We're not just talking about some dead theory. This is the glorious possibility of us having the same kind of thing happen. Yes. As the water turning to wine. Yes. As people being healed and delivered. Raised from the dead. Now I want us to look at a couple of. Uh, well yeah a couple. In Acts chapter 9. A couple of individuals that had miracles happen in their life. And yet they were not preachers. They were not prophets. They were not evangelists. Not pastors. Not Bible teachers. 
They're what we might call today layperson, a, a believer. This first one is a man called Ananias. Acts 9 and verse 10. Acts 9 says, There was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Now, disciple, if you look it up, it just simply means learner. Learner. (laughs) Student. Pupil of, of the Lord. Student of who? Not the seminary, just a disciple of the Lord. He's a, he's a, should every believer be a learner? Yes. Ready to learn more about the Lord. And to him said the Lord in a vision. In a what? Vision. What happens in a vision? You see things. <laughs> he said, Ananias. He said, behold, I'm here, Lord. Yes. Is it possible for the Lord to speak to you? Hmm? How many believe this really happened just like this? Verse 11. The Lord said to him, get up. So I guess he's laying down. Maybe in nighttime, maybe in the sleep, his bedroom, I don't know. Get up and go to the street which is called straight. This is word of knowledge. He's giving him directions. This is way before the days of GPS. <laughs> Get up and you go to this street. The name of the street is straight. And ask in there on that street about where Judah's house is. And ask about a man named Saul. So he tells him the street. He tells him whose house. He tells him who's in the house. Not a prophet, not a pastor, not an evangelist, a disciple, a learner. Because, and tells him, gives him another word of knowledge. Saul, which he doesn't know personally, say he's praying right now. Tells him what he's doing, where he's at, and what he's doing. Let's just stop right here. Is this miraculous? Yes. Huh? Yes. This is not something you learning on the news or somebody calling you on the phone. There's no way you could know any of this. And the Spirit of God is telling you. Are we a part of the same church? Yes. Come on. Are we, are we have the same new birth that Ananias had. Right. Come on now. We have the same Holy Spirit that Ananias had. Yes. Same name of Jesus. Yes. The Lord loved you as much as Ananias? Yes. Verse 12. He said, uh, this man Saul, that's in this guy's house, Judas... That's on the street. Uh, named Straight Street. He's praying. And he has seen. In a vision. I've shown him something. He saw a man coming in. Named Ananias. I'm sure thought Ananias thought. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> he saw a man coming in. Named Ananias. Come in. And put his hand on him. That he might receive his sight. Now he lets him know. He can't see. Verse 13, Ananias says, Lord, I've heard about this guy. (laughs) This is a bad man. I've heard from a lot of people about this guy, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And he had. 
I mean, he was dragging people out of their houses. He was taken to jail. You'd never hear of him again. People are being stoned in the street. He's been a mean, bad guy. And now the Lord's telling him, you go to his house in the middle of the night and put hands on him. This is how you have miracles. Come on, are y'all with me? This is how you get miracles. Every miracle begins with hearing from him. He said, I I have heard, Lord, all the evil he's done to your, your people at Jerusalem. Verse 14. And here he's got authority from the chief priest. I mean, he's authorized. He can drag anybody out of their house he wants to. He can take anybody to jail. He can officiate their execution. Everybody that calls on your name, including me. 15. The Lord said, go your way. Told you, get up, go. Because he is a chosen vessel unto me. Now this, this takes faith, doesn't it? It's the meanest guy in the country. Tearing up churches. Killing people right and left. God says, I've chosen this man. He is a chosen. Now this is pre-Romans, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians. Pre-any of the missionary journey. None of this has happened. All that has happened is he's killing people. Because they believe in Jesus. Destroying churches. The Lord says, you go your way. Go on now, Ananias, because he's a chosen vessel to me. I have picked him out to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. And verse 16, I will show him how great things he must suffer for my namesake. 17, and to Ananias' credit, you see why the Lord spoke to him. Because what does he do? He gets his little britches and shoes on. And gets himself out the door. And it don't matter what time it is. Or where this straight street is. Or if they're all asleep. Or what he's got to do to find out. Or what this guy might possibly do to him. When he does finally find him. Ananias is out the door. And gone. Because if the Lord says do it. He's going to do it. And whatever the Lord says to him. He's going to do it. He's not a prophet. He's not a. I believe that's one of the reasons why he's in the book right here. That the Lord wants you to know. You don't have to be a well-known preacher. You don't have to be standing behind the pulpit. You don't have to have any kind of a special call to hear from the Lord and go do what he tells you to do and have a miracle happen in your life. All you got to do is what Jesus did. Whatever you hear, say it. Whatever he shows you, do it. Whatever he tells you to do. Act on it. Like Ananias, without delay. He, he, he was concerned. So he asked a question. And the Lord told him, go, go on, go your way. Because I've picked him out. And that was good enough for Ananias. No more questions. No more arguing. Here he goes. Went his way. He found that straight street. He found that house. I don't know what he had to do, to, but, but the, I'm sure the Lord helped him. And he said, you got a guy in here named Saul? I said, yeah, right back here in the back bedroom. He said, I need to, I need to see him. They led him 
back to the back room and come on, get this now. He walks straight in there, puts his hands on it. He says, Brother Saul, brother, brother. There wasn't nobody else in town calling him brother, I tell you that. Brother Saul, why? I like this Ananias. If the Lord says he's picked him, that's good enough for him. Hmm? Next time he sees him, it's brother. Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared to you in the way as you came, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. This is a mean guy that's been breathing out threatenings and murderous threats and dragging people away from their kids and their spouses and and he says no God sent me in here tonight you gonna get your sight back don't you know that was good news to Saul he hadn't been able to see a thing Mm -hmm. since the experience he's totally blind he can't see a thing he said you're gonna receive your sight and you're gonna be filled with the Holy Ghost he got his hands on him If you want to have miracles, you got to be bold to do what the Lord told you to do. Come on now, you can't play around with it, mess around with it. You got to do it. Verse 18, immediately, glory to God, there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received his sight forthwith. And he got up and was baptized. Glory to God. What Ananias told him happened right then, right then. He could see. Somebody say miracle, miracle. miracle. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. Miracle. miracle. Somebody say miracle, miracle, miracle. Who is this Ananias? Who is he? He's a disciple that lived there in town and the Lord spoke to him in the nighttime. Is this real to you, friend? Yes. Can the same kind of thing happen with you, with you, you? You, with you. All you got to do is hear from him. That's all you got to do. And then go do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Verse 19, what does it say? When he'd received meat, he was strengthened and saw with certain days with the disciples who were at Damascus. From this point on, he's no longer the bad guy. He's not the enemy. He becomes the strongest champion for Christ. Took the gospel to the known world. And how the Lord helped him get straightened out and get on the right track? Called a man in the nighttime. That... Nobody, I mean, what's said about him before or after this? God just knew he was a man that would do what he told him to do. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Acts 10. Can you take one more of these? Acts 10 and verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. A centurion of the band called the Italian band. He's a soldier. Is he a preacher? No. He's not a pastor. What is he? He must have been a good soldier. 
Because in this tremendously disciplined army that he's a part of, he's been promoted and has men under him. That didn't happen if you were a lazy guy and coward. This man has fought in campaigns. He has led men into battle. He has won. And yet, this man is in the book of Acts, about to have a miracle. Can you work in a profession other than preaching? Hmm? And not, you're not a pastor, you're not a traveling evangelist, you're not a missionary, but can you work in another profession that some might not think is very spiritual and have miracles? I mean, soldiering is, especially in their day, still is today, but especially in their day, bloody. Ah, whew. Hand to hand. And he's done it and been successful. And yet, he loves God. I don't know all the things that happened in his life that caused him to be a soldier. And caused him to come to the place where he had been promoted and led. How many thank for our, for our soldiers in the field tonight? Yes. Standing on the wall and doing hard things. So we don't have to. So us and our babies can be safe. You appreciate it? Yes. I appreciate it. Does that mean because they're doing a, a rough job and a hard job that they can't have miracles and spiritual things happen in their life? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. See, many times people think because I do this natural job and, and it doesn't seem spiritual to me or other people that, well, I'm just relegated to be a natural man and, and I don't know about all those spiritual things and I don't, I don't know how to quote all those scriptures and I don't know how to do all that. And people just give up and quit and don't make themselves available. And it's a shame. It's a tragedy because God would use men just like this. And women like that and people like Ananias and he wants people that will just simply have the faith and boldness and just push their little mind aside and do what he tells them to do. It's all he needs. Keep reading. Verse 2, he's a devout man. He feared God with all his house. You don't want to meet him on the battlefield. He'll cut you nine ways from Sunday and walk right over you to the next guy. That's what he's got to do. But he loves God with all his heart. He reverences God and, and he was such an influence that everybody in his house, everybody under him, they feared God. And he gave much alms to the people. And he prayed to God all the time. Can you be a man like this and be a praying man? See, a lot of people think, well, you know, well, I... You know, I have to work and make a living. You know, my wife's the prayer and she's the spiritual one. Well, thank God that she's a spiritual one in prayer. But that don't mean she can't do your praying for you. Don't mean you can just be carnal and flesh out all the time because you work with your hands or you do this or that. No, no. Every, every born again child of God, no matter their job, their place, their lot in life, they should have the miraculous. The element of the miraculous in their life. They should have a, a close walk with the Lord. Yes. Shouldn't they? Yes. They should be a praying man. or Everybody. Everybody. Should be a praying man or woman. And know God. And reverence God. And 
get up in the morning loving God and aware of God and go through their job and life all day with Him and lay their head on the pillow at night serving God, worshiping God, praying to God. You don't have to make a spectacle of yourself, but it can be there all night and all day. And the Bible said he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day. Verse 3, an angel of the Lord coming into him and said, Cornelius, this sounds familiar, don't it? Sound like Ananias? <laughs> Are we about to see a miracle? Yes. How do they start? How does every miracle start? Hearing. By hearing from him. This is how it starts. He's hearing something. He's seeing something. He's hearing something. Verse 4. When he looked on it, he was afraid. And he said, now he's afraid. This is a guy that stared death in the face many times. But when he's looking at this glorious being, he's thinking, whoa. What, what is it, Lord? He said, your prayers and your giving to the poor, your alms, have come up before God. Does God see everything you do? No matter where you work, what you do, what your vocation, everything you do for him and his people, does he see it? Does he know it? Does he remember? He said they come up as a memorial, remembrance before God. Verse 5, now you send men to Joppa. Here comes that revelation, that word of knowledge. You call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. Verse 6, he's lodging, he's staying with Simon a tanner. Now, if you went to try to find Peter, you might have had trouble finding him because he wasn't home. But the Lord knew where he was, and he reveals it to this soldier. This soldier, he's not a prophet, and yet he knows where a man is right now. Why? Because it has to do with his life and his family. His house is by the seaside. He will tell you what you ought to do. You know the story. Man, Cornelius acts on it. He sends people to him. And God is getting Peter ready on the other side. He's hungry. He falls into a trance. And the Spirit of God says, there are men downstairs right now. I've sent them. You go with them, doubting nothing. Because, man, this is breaking every religious rule in the book. For him to go to this this, uh, non-Jewish soldier and go in his house and do things with them, they just, it just wasn't done. But the Lord tells him, you get up and do it. Why did Peter have miracles in his life? Whatever the Lord tell him, he'd do it. So man, he comes and marching in there. Oh, Cornelius comes and falls down and says, oh, thank you. Thank you for coming. Peter says, get up, get up. I'm a man just like you. And he's looking around. And he's thinking, what am I doing? And this bunch, and it hits him. You got to preach. They told him, they said, "Uh, the Lord told us to send for you, and you tell us something. It hits him. He thinks, wow, I'm going to preach to Gentiles. Hadn't been done. This is how you have miracles. You step out into areas you hadn't been before. It doesn't start with thunder and lightning. It starts with you seeing something and hearing something and having enough courage to step out and go over there. Go to the guy's house. Go to the town. Go to the street. Go knock on the door. He said, I perceive God's no respecter of persons. But anybody anywhere that will believe on him. And he starts talking about Jesus. 
And he just was getting into it. When the Holy Ghost interrupted him. And fell on everybody there. And they all started speaking in tongues. You talk about some shocked Jewish men. Peter and the guys. that I'm telling you their jaws must have been on the floor. They're thinking no. No. What? And yet they know it's God. They know it's the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you. Whole doors were thrown open to groups of people that would have never been considered before. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Do we have the same Holy Spirit? Hmm? Let me tell you what's going to happen. Are you ready? You and I are going to draw closer to the Lord. We're going to pray more. I said we're going to pray more. I'm not talking about just in prayer meeting. I'm talking about you at your house by yourself. We're going to pray more. We're going to seek the Lord. We're not going to try to produce anything or work anything up. But we're going to make ourselves available. We're going to say here am I Lord. Use me. See you want to do something with me. I'm available. And he's going to show us things. Don't try to make it too complicated. Don't try to make it spectacular. He's going to show us things. It may be a very simple thing. Call them. Go check on them. Go do this. Go give this to them. Go give that to that one. Pray this for this one. But you'll see it clear. And I'm not talking about you having to see something with your physical eyes. You'll see it. You'll know it. You'll hear it. You know, I'm not talking about you have to hear it with your physical ears. But you'll see it. And you'll hear it. And you'll know it. Then what's going to happen? Help me out. Come on, help me out. What's going to happen? Then we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to take a step of faith. Step out. We're going to call them. We're going to go check. We're going to give it. We're going to sow it. We're going to pray it, say it, do it. And then what's going to happen? Come on, help me out. Then then we're going to step back out of the way of the Lord. And He will do miracles. That's the way it worked then. That's the way it worked with Jesus. That's the way it worked with Peter and Paul. It worked that way with Ananias. It worked that way with Cornelius. It works that way today. With you, miracles now, miracles today, this is how. Can you say glory to God? Everybody stand up on your feet. Oh, stand up and begin to lift up your hands. Begin to lift up your voice. Begin to lift up your praise. Tell the Lord you believe in Him. Tell Him that you believe in miracles. Tell Him that you believe these things are real. And they happen just like we read in the Holy Word of God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.